said it so right that it's not about being an artist or not being an artist. It's just about letting yourself to have that freedom to express yourself in some way, whether it's in business or somewhere else. And uh, that's if, if, you, if you have that mindset shift, then I think we are all creative. Like Welcome to Her Money Club Stories. We do not talk about budgets, retirement, or the hustle and grind here. We talk about money, time, and energy freedom. We are here to reimagine our relationship with money, to collaborate and celebrate other women who are doing the same. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to explore your passions and monetize your skills and talents and what lights you up? Can you even make money and a living living that kind of life? You can. Her Money Club allows you to explore all of the possibilities to create the time, money, and joy your heart desires deep down. Tune in as we guide you in reimagining your relationship with money. You can find us for further episodes at financialfitnessunleashed.com slash podcast. Special note, we are accepting applications for season two. We would love to support you on your journey with money mindset, leaving a corporate job to step into business for yourself, or discussing how to build wealth. If you want more guidance in any of these areas, you can apply to be on Her Money Club Stories today at financialfitnessunleashed.com slash podcast. See you in there. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachelle Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club. The intention for these amazing discussions is to collect women's stories from all over the globe who have done one of three things. Either they've created a seven or excuse me, a six-figure income, or they're working for themselves and running a corporate job. So they're doing both, they're doing all the things, or they really want support with their money mindset, money journey, and money story. So today we are gonna focus on managing and juggling it all, managing the corporate job and running a side business or a side hustle. Olina has graciously agreed to share her journey so far. So I'm excited to dive in with you. And Olina, if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about your background, what you do for your corporate job, and then what you do for your side business. Thank you, Rochelle. I'm so excited to be here and talk about this. So my name is Olena, and I'm an entrepreneur and the tech startup founder. And then of last year, I launched my personal mobile app. It's called Bravery, and it's a personal development mobile app targeted specifically for women. And the purpose behind it is to help women achieve their goals and their dreams. And uh, before I even uh, got into that, so I built a pretty a successful career in the technology world. I come from the corporate background. I currently hold the executive position in a global technology company. And over the course of 16 years, I started as a software engineer through project management and up to this uh, senior level. And I have always been pretty excited about my corporate career. But a bit more than a year ago, I started to feel like it wasn't really fulfilling me anymore. It, the higher I climbed on the corporate ladder, the more it was becoming about just bringing revenue from our big corporate clients. And it just didn't have any purpose for me. So I started to feel like I needed something else. I needed to start 
thing for myself. And uh, as a woman, I have been on my own personal development journey for many years. And I think these two things just kind of connected. And so uh, at the end of 2020, I came up with an idea of bravery and I have been pursuing it since then. It was 12 months of work last year. We launched in December. And uh, right now I'm juggling it both. I still have my full-time job and I'm working as a CEO for Bravery and I'm planning to quit and to go full-time with my business by the end of this year. Wow, that is incredible. Wow, wow, wow. I have so many questions. <laughs> First, <laughs> I guess I would like to start with, because I want to acknowledge you in sharing this. A lot of people feel the same way from that they're not quite fulfilled. They've climbed the corporate ladder. I had the same experience 15 years into my financial fintech career and decided to really go all in on my business that I had had sitting on the shelf for seven years and hadn't really fully gone all in. So I guess I'm really curious around going a little bit deeper in like, what were you looking for, searching for in that fulfillment? Can you describe what is it you were looking for and then what you found in creating this new kind of outlet for yourself? This is a very good question. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me is about who I work with. Because uh, when you work with the huge corporations, the people who you deal with, sometimes they don't care about what you do. They don't care about your product. They don't like you personally in many cases. But you have to be nice to them just because your company needs a revenue from their company. So I just, in many cases, I just wasn't feeling like it was a true partnership. And I really wanted it to be like really personal. Like I wanted to have real connections with the people who I was working with, my clients uh, and, other, and other people who I came across with. So I just thought that going and doing something for real people and really hearing from the real people and seeing the impact that your product can bring to real people is just so much more impactful it's it has so much more purpose behind it and uh, yeah and I also wanted to create something I wanted to have the freedom to create something from scratch and I was never even considering myself as a creative person uh, I always thought that I'm far from being creative like the opposite but then I was talking to my team member a few months ago and she, she told me what you're doing is pure creativity you are creating something <laughs> out of nothing if that is not creative then I don't know what creative is right <laughs> and, and I thought to myself I guess that's true and it's just so empowering to see how out of nothing something gets created and that something helps people and you can see how it helps and seeing that feedback and hearing from the users and just seeing how it can change their lives for the better yeah you just it's just priceless yeah. I want to pull out a few nuggets here because I think for people who listen to this, a lot of them are asking questions of like, how do I jump into something or how do I transition out? Or, you know, once I get there, what am I going to do? So what I'm really hearing a lot of what you're saying is like the genuine, the authenticity that you're looking for, like that's what you were looking for. And so through this lens and channeling of creativity that you found, you were able to create that connection, that impact, which you then just described as priceless. And like, that was kind of the, you know, high level process and getting there. So I'm, I want to point that out for the audience. 
but I also love how you distinguished creativity because I felt the same way when I, I compare my creativity to my sister. She's highly artistic. I am not like, I can't paint, draw, like I can draw stick figures barely. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't see myself as creative because I'm not an artist or from that creative lens, but to your point, being creative in business, being creative in resolving problems is a form of creativity. So like you had a similar path of like recognizing my own creative lens of what I get to create. So I want to go into that deeper because I think that actually is a paradigm shift for many people as well, who, you know, we all kind of get stuck in a box because of our corporate jobs or to your point, like we have to get along with all these people and maybe it's just not naturally who we would work with or, or want to deal with. So, and now kind of looking at what you've created describe um, how you look at creativity, how you are sensing and feeling your creativity. And like, can you describe just more uh, details around that? I think you said so right that it's not about being an artist or not being an artist. It's just about letting yourself to have that freedom to express yourself in some way, whether it's in business or somewhere else. And uh, that's if, if, you, if you have that mindset shift, then I think we are all creative. Like we are all creative people. We all have our talents, our passions, something that we really love doing. And if we just let ourselves uh, pursue it, then uh, we are just unstoppable. I think, I think it's important to realize that many, maybe it doesn't have to be a job. Like you, it can be a hobby and you can have multiple passions, right? Uh, there are so many multi-passionate people out there who are struggling to pick one thing that they want to, to do. And you don't have to pick one thing. Maybe you have to uh, make one of them your job, but keep other ones as a hobby. There was one time in, in my life when I almost became a professional photographer because I always loved photography. And when my daughter was born and I was on maternity leave, I started taking photographs of her and I mm -hmm. loved it. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to make this my profession. But then I kept thinking about it in a way that if I make this my job, then I will not have a hobby anymore. So yeah. <laughs> I, and I, and I made a decision to keep that as a hobby. And at that point, that was right for me. At that point, I probably wasn't ready to quit my corporate job anyway. But uh, I just think that it's, it's all about letting ourselves uh, express ourselves and just letting ourselves be the way we want to be. Oh my God. You just like gave me a paradigm shift in what I'm doing because I'm traveling the world right now. And I keep thinking I need to like make a job out of this type of deal where it's like, I'm you know blogging about it, doing all the things, but I'm like, I don't want that as a job. And I keep grappling with this back and forth, but you're right. Like my ability to travel the world right now is kind of my hobby. It's just like what I'm doing in my spare time when I'm not working. So thank you for that. <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> I have released myself from the need to make that a job because that's what it feels like. And then I don't enjoy it. I'm not enjoying the process of the adventure. So I'm going to give, give that to my boyfriend as well. Um, okay. So talk to me about your idea. For, is it Braverly? Is that the app? Bravery. What, Bravery. Okay. So can you share, I want, I'm really curious about this. So what does it do? How does it help people? What have been kind of the results and, and what are, what is going on with it? 
yeah, thank you for asking this question. It's, it's just something that I'm so deeply passionate about. I can talk about this for, for hours. <laughs> I'm so uh, curious. <laughs> so uh, while being on my personal journey, I just realized that so many times we are being told what to do. There are so many resources, people, uh, courses out there. They just tell you, you got to do this to be happy, to be successful. And I feel like what we don't have enough of is some resources that guide us towards us finding those answers for ourselves. Like, what is it that we really want? Because what society tells us sometimes is not what we really truly believe in or what we want. And so when I was, uh, like when I came up with an idea of bravery, I knew that I didn't want it to be a coach. I wanted to be like a friend, a companion who will just ask the questions that sometimes we don't feel comfortable asking ourselves, like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I working on this goal? Uh, does it really bring me value? Uh, what am I trying to achieve? And so within the app, uh, there are so many different guides and uh, some guided se uh, regular self-checking sessions, uh, habit tracking features that really help you create that space for yourself where you can just uh, answer all these questions, track your mood, tra like journal, really discover who you are, what you want, see the progress and also uh, a lot a lot of it a big part of it is also celebrating how far you've come mm -hmm. i think that's also a big part that we miss we are uh, fast to blame ourselves but we are never too fast to reward ourselves for what we do right so for every small thing that you do right the app will celebrate you it will cheer you up and uh, we even have a, a mascot fairy her name is bravery so it's like you talk to your friend. It's like she cheers you up. She's there for you. Uh, you don't feel lonely on your journey anymore. You have this friend who just uh, is there for you all the time. Oh my gosh. I love this. It's a lot. And there may be, we'll have to talk offline about this. There may be some partnership capacity for us, but it's exactly what I describe in our Her Money Club Mastermind. It's that celebration, accountability, like being able to be in a pod of people who are struggling maybe with some similar things, but everyone's kind of figuring it out and can communicate with one another to move each other forward. And it's not necessarily the coach or like anyone like person in charge. It's like, we're all moving forward for this capacity to get to the results that we're looking for in our entrepreneurial journey specifically. So I love that you designed it this way. Um, I'm curious to know, because you mentioned celebration, this is something that I had to learn for myself and my journey of how important it was to celebrate. So for you, what was your kind of beginning to understand celebration process? Like, do you have any stories around like when you discovered that it was really important to celebrate and how that came about? It is a really good question. And uh, yes, I think I, there, I think there was a moment when I got through uh, that realization and it was a couple of months prior before I came up with my idea and I was feeling pretty depressed and low energy back then. And I uh, felt like I was just continuously stressed about things. I would uh, scream at my daughter and then I would feel terrible about that. And I, I just felt like something was wrong, was wrong with me. And I had never been into journaling and uh, I never was into writing in the first place. So I thought journaling was just not for me. But then I, I just knew that I needed some, something new to fix whatever was going on with me. So I found the journal, uh, the physical journal is called the five minute journal 
that is very easy, just asks you three questions daily. And one of them was, as far as I remember, like, what are you grateful, like, what are you grateful for today? And also what great things have happened today. And I started writing this down and I realized how much power it has because it really made me think about all those good things and things that I did right during the day. Otherwise, I would just forget about them. I feel like sometimes I don't remember what happened yesterday unless I write it down. And then I come back to it and I, and I see how much positivity it really brings into your life when you start like focusing and really intentionally appreciate those things. Otherwise, you just don't notice them. It's just life is too busy. You are busy running around and rushing. And uh, unless you really make that time intentionally, it, it will not happen by itself. Yep. Yep. I, I concur. I experienced, I um, created a journal, like an evidence journal. And once I did that, my evidence journal was to your point to like write down all the things that I was doing well and to celebrate them. And once I started doing that, it was through journaling. And I, I can't say I'm a big journaler by any means, but I was doing that specifically. That was a game changer. And that made me recognize in even a month's time, like how far I've come on a journey of whatever it was that I was working on at the time and looking back at that. And then on a bad day, just recognizing like, wow, okay, today doesn't feel great. I don't necessarily have something I want to be grateful for and I wasn't going to fake it. Right. But I could look back at all those other moments and recognize like this one moment compared to 90 other amazing moments was like, okay, it's not a big deal. Like in the grand scheme of things, everything is working out for me and that could be the belief system that I had around the journey and moving forward so I love that you had that experience too so thank you for sharing um I want to ask about how you monetize your app because I've always been curious about this how have you chosen and maybe there's different ways or things that you're exploring with us how have you chosen to monetize your app yeah there are definitely uh several like common ways to monetize apps and uh, the one I think that was first but now it's getting less and less uh, popular is just a paid app so you pay for the download but I feel like it's maybe it's still there for games but I don't see this anymore in any other industry at the same time uh, when it comes to let's say fitness apps the very common scheme is the uh, subscription recurring subscription whether monthly or annual and this is what I decided to follow because I just thought that this is the scheme that people are most familiar with because I feel like many of uh, my target audience, they have either meditation apps or fitness apps or something similar. And so this is just uh, what everybody really is used to. And uh, yeah, I needed to do the research and to price it properly because I do offer both annual and monthly subscription and I do want uh, people to sign up for uh, annual membership but I also understand that it might be a bigger commitment so there has to, has to be some perks about uh, about it so yeah there is a balance and I'm actually seeing that about third of my uh, users are choosing the annual membership and two-thirds are choosing monthly which is I think pretty reasonable uh, yeah. We all have different uh, yeah. commitment levels, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And uh, I think when I was starting, I didn't really have a baseline as to the revenue levels. I was 
I had some forecasts. I created a ton of forecasts, uh, but it was only when I went live, when I started to receive the real data and uh, something that I look at daily. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's like, uh, how can I make it better? How, what can I do to fine tune my conversion rates and uh, make the users stay longer? Uh, because I really want the app to bring value to them. So when I see that people don't use the app for more than two months, it gets me thinking like, what can I do? How can I make it more uh, helpful for them? And it's just a continuous involvement process. Wow. Yeah. You brought up something interesting that I want to dig into because I think this is something that a lot of, um, especially newer entrepreneurs as they're building out a new offer or a new program, it's turning it on, right? So it's like creating all these assumptions and forecasts is this thing we do before the thing happens, because we think that it's, we're going to somehow know <laughs> what's going to happen when we turn it on. And we have no idea, but it makes us feel better. What do you, if you have any tips or tools for, for everyone out there, what are some things that you do to help you kind of get past that? Um, and I don't know, maybe you don't get stuck here. I know I do sometimes stuck in the forecasting versus like, okay, just, just do the thing, push the on button and let's go. Like, what do you do to get you to that? Let's push the button and turn things on. For me personally, the biggest issue was to not wait for perfection. And when I say perfection is I had this vision in my head when I just started a year ago, I had uh, a ton of features outlined that I thought were all essential. I couldn't tell myself like to remove any of those features. But then I spoke to my uh, development agency and uh, they told me it would take two years <laughs> to implement <laughs> everything that I want. Yeah. My first reaction was, oh my gosh, I, it's never gonna go live. <laughs> yeah. Because nothing can be cut, cut, like how? Uh, but then, so you really have to focus on what's the most important thing you can put out there because you are, you are so right. We will not know anything until it's out there. We can have a ton of hypotheses. We can, we can be sure that we know what, how people will react, but we don't. And it's only when it's out there, when we start receiving the real feedback from people, this is how we can make it work. This is how we can improve. And uh, especially in the technology software engineering world, there is even this term uh, MVP, minimal viable product. And they, they all constantly say, just put it out there as soon as possible. It doesn't have yeah. to be perfect. It, it just has to be there. And yeah. then you will pivot, you will change, you will evolve. But yeah, just like really fighting and combating that perfectionism is, uh, is a big challenge. But I was able to cut my scope once, like 50%, but then I had to do it again. Yep. <laughs> so then I had to go through the same process again. And uh, it, at first you think like, okay, nothing, nothing can be removed. It's just gonna, it's not gonna work. But then as, if you really focus on it, you will find out that yes, there are things that are not really essential that can be added later. They don't have to be live on day one. And the same with courses, the same with any other membership or any other business that we might have. We just have this vision in our head and uh, it's just so hard to get rid of it. But the truth is other people don't even know what that vision is. They can see the end product and they don't even know if that is only 20% of what we envisioned. It's just us having that stuck in our minds and not letting us move forward. So it's really important to overcome that. 
Yeah. I want to kind of speak into this from like a project management lens, because I think you and I have probably experienced this and you've even used some terms around it where the MVP is a part of, it's like, I learned this in FinTech. It's like, we created these processes so that yes, the end vision could be the goal and the North star, but at the end of the day, like we're going to do this in phases. And so I've always um, like looked at my business from that lens, but I know that if you don't have that experience from my corporate life, you might not associate it or, or layered it into um, building a business or entrepreneurial life. So for you, I'm curious from that project management lens and phases, like when you are cutting back and cutting back and cutting back, what's kind of your process for figuring that out? And, and even tools or resources that you use, because I think some people get stuck in that. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to put all of what's in my head somewhere and create this vision, but then also to your point, pair it back and phase it out in a certain time frame. Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, I think when you when you cut it at first, it's important to really have that original idea in your head and be really clear on what is that key offer, key value proposition that you're offering. And it, it, it cannot be 10 of them. Like th there has to be one key thing. So, and maybe you will be wrong. Maybe uh, what you think is your key value proposition will end up not being one and maybe something that you will uncover later. Will be, yeah. <laughs> yes. But you yeah. have to start somewhere, right? You have to give yourself that freedom to see, okay, so this is my key feature. And for me, it was uh, goal setting and goal setting wizard and goal setting process. So for me, I eventually got to the point where I told myself, okay, I'm going to start as the goal setting app and goal tracking app. So I, I already, I'm already working on some monthly challenges and I had these ideas from the very first place, for very first time, but I'm still working on them right now. But I, I thought I'm, I'm gonna put them aside for time being, I'm gonna go live with just goal setting. Then we added habit tracking, that we added journaling. So yeah, and then again, you might realize that people might respond to that feature less than they will respond to something else and that's okay that's fine that's that's why it's important to put it out there right mm -hmm. uh and i think once you are live then uh, i'm sure you've heard this rule like 80 20 right so sometimes 20 percent of uh impact of, like oh effort gives you 80 percent of impact so mm -hmm. trying to really understand what are those uh quick wins those low-hanging fruit a feature that you can add now fast that will make huge impact to your business so that you have more revenue to expand and evolve finding that is is essential and that's how i am i'm phasing right now i'm trying to find that next quick win that uh, implementing which will really bring the biggest impact and uh, yeah it's also constantly pivoting innovating trying experimenting <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Experimenting huge part of it and allowing yourself to continue to move forward. And I love yeah. how you put that phased approach. And I want to point out something out here because you kind of started to um, mention it, but when you create these offers, it's like picking one thing, like one thing that's going to provide a ton of value very quickly, having quick wins and really going deep on describing that to someone. So it could even be the name of the product or service, I think is something that's really important because I see a lot of women who 
um, start off and they make their offers kind of either about them or about like the modalities that they use or the tools that they use. And it's really not about that. Like, what do people want? They want results for something. So the more you can assign, like, what is the result that someone gets? That's really the value getting them from point A to point B in that result is really what you're providing, right? So the more you can speak into that is super, super helpful. And just focus on that to your point on the 80 to 20 um, rule. Yeah, 20% of what you create is gonna create 80% of the results or vice versa, 80% is gonna create some of the problems. And, and so just acknowledging that that's a part of the process and being on that journey and being okay with that is really, really, it's the fun part, right? It's not just gonna knock itself out of the park day one and be all the things to all the people. It's like, that's that's defeating the purpose, right? And then it wouldn't be as fun to figure out and resolve and <laughs> do all the work behind it. So I love that. Um, what else would you like to share? Cause I don't know much about the app. So what else, um, would you like to share about it, um, to the audience or, or just enroll them in, in using it? Well, uh, the main, as I was saying, I think the main mission, uh, of bravery and why I'm even doing this is to really empower every woman, every girl I say on the planet, because I feel like all of us, we have our dreams and they are worth pursuing. And so if you feel like you're lonely on this journey, if you don't feel like how to get on the journey, if you don't know how to get there, if you're struggling, uh, if you don't know how to get those answers, this is the, the app is for you. And uh, I really, really welcome feedback. And uh, we are only starting. I, I, I'm ambitious. I have a lot of plans, uh, but I, I really want this to improve women's lives. I set the goal for myself, which is like a North Star for me, to uh, have the, a million women, female dreams come true by 2025. So mm. that's what I'm working yes. towards. Get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And yeah, I, I know that uh, there's still a lot to do. And so, yeah, if anyone can just download the app to just test it and let me know what you think, uh, I would really love that because uh, I can only say and talk from my perspective. Uh, I'm, I'm using it. I love it. I wouldn't uh, create something that I would not enjoy, but it's just me. And uh, the more people can provide the feedback, the better. Uh, I love hearing both positive and negative feedback. Like negative feedback, it's it can be frustrating, but it is what really helps you get to the next level. I've noticed that after every piece of some negative feedback, this is something that really gives me that notch in the back, and this is when when I really get to the next level. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to learn to really appreciate uh, all, all of it. Uh, but yeah, I would love uh, for. For all of you to try it. I think it's for everybody. Uh, I really try to make it yeah, for every woman, every girl out there. Yeah. Something I learned about feedback really early in my career, because I often came up against bosses that, you know, we didn't agree or get along. And one of my boss's bosses told me like, feedback is just information. Like you don't have to do anything with it. You can choose to do something with it or not. But at the end of the day, you don't have to even make it positive or negative. It's just information. And I loved that because that really helped me just like 
take it all in and then dissect like, okay, which of this is useful, not useful. And then I could decide how to be resourceful with that information. So I love that, like either way you want the feedback and that's really important. Um, is the app available in all countries or just certain places? And then where can people find it? It is available on uh, Apple Store. So it's currently for iOS only uh, due to just Android issues and just because <laughs> we have to be in phases. And it's available in US, Canada. Right now, uh, I'm planning to make it uh, available in European Union, but due to the very strict privacy laws i just need to be 100 sure that we don't we don't break any laws and we comply with everything before I, it gets released but yeah it's really available uh in us and canada and if somebody has a request for some other country uh because there are like 180 countries on the list so yeah. i can easily make it available for some other country uh but yeah i'm, I'm just trying to start slow and see how it goes Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And then last question, how can people connect with you or find you on social media? I would love to uh, hear from you directly on my Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. It's on my truck. And uh, we can check more about Bravery at, uh, the, on the website, thebravery.com or Instagram, thebravery. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear your feedback, hear what you think about this uh, interview. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you've shared, uh, Olina, today. And I just know that this is going to be an inspiring support for others who are on their journey to starting something new, figuring out how to get started, and uh, just hearing your inspirational stories. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure.